Welcome to Agam the Climate Podcast, a literary podcast about climate, consciousness, and crisis, but without jargon. On the reading list, our guest authors read their work from Agam, Filipino Narratives on Uncertainty and Climate Change. This is Arnold Molina Azurin reading Agay Ayos. From the Ilocano word Agay Ayos, meaning ever-flowing, as water down a river or blood in the veins, memories in a lifetime. Agay Ayos is a scenic spot along the winding Ilocos Highway connecting the coastal towns of Santa and Narbacan. Immediately further north, this sleek stretch of road leads to the farming town of Bantay and the historic Bigan City. This entire sprawl of seaside domain can be seen from the Agay Ayos headland, the highest point overlooking the seascape and the Abra River and the lower folds of the Malaya mountain range bordering the Abra Valley. From this commanding view, the pre-colonial Ilocano inhabitants could see the approaching traders' sailboats from Japan, South China, and Southeast Asian seaports. They could also see the native Tingians descending from the hills of Abra to exchange their gold dust, beeswax, and others for the ceramic jars and plates, bronze gongs, heads, and silk fabrics from the Sangli traders. They also had an early foresight of the fleets of Moro slave raiders from the south, thus giving them enough time to seek refuge upriver. This strategic lookout of Agay Ayos was appreciated early on by the Spanish colonialists. They carved out of the towering cliff a couple of rock shelters serving as their guardhouses. A few kilometers away, they erected a watchtower as part of their defense against seaborne raiders. True enough, when the rebels from Pangasinan and Zambales attacked this Ilocos domain in the mid-1600s, the Spaniards and their local allies prostrated their enemies by barricading this elevated pass with lugs and boulders taken from the slopes and set it on fire for many days. However, the historic role Agay Ayos is a microcosmic vista compared to the timeless legends and folkloric memories of the farmers and fishers hereabouts, who, for instance, believe that the vast and deep river basin in nearby Banawang was caused by a gigantic fireball that crashed from the sky, and that, at the dawn of time, the progenitors of the northern folk, the giants Angelo and Aran, had used the river basin as their baiting pool. Their footmarks can still be retraced in the riverbed, so it's believed. I first became aware of the significance of this site and the term Agay Ayos when, as a young boy scout from Bigan, I took part in a camp out on a slope behind Agay Ayos. Our campsite was a farm lot tilled by a hardy farmer, Tata Temyung, and his kinsfolk. Our scoutmaster revealed that he was a cousin of the farmer's wife, and at times he would visit his farming kin to join them hunt for wild boar or deer when the gullies and slopes were lush with greenery. After the rains, 
he would visit then to help dig for wild root crops like the kamangeg, a type of yam, or to make charcoal at night by burning in a shallow pit the cut branches of old trees felled by a typhoon. Making a living here, our scoutmaster said, was to be always attuned with the changing weather conditions. Tata Temyong himself joined us in our long-winded conversations and joking sessions around the campfire. He shared with us his keen knowledge of the weather changes and the varied crops fit for the succeeding seasons. The peak of his farm work was in mid-year when he must plow the field for the vital rice crop. After the rice harvest, he would lay out the cut rice straw in several rows across the field to conserve the remaining moisture in the soil for his next crop, either corn or peanut or mung bean. He said that the sequence of crops in this intensive farming would somehow help maintain the fertility of the field since certain roots and leaves were known to enrich the soil. Our scoutmaster quit. This is called crop rotation, a hardy way of living that enables Ilocano farmers to support their families amid meager land and water resources. That's why we never forget to pray and hope that the weather changes will not be too severe or unpredictable and that the wellspring above the Agay Ayos won't ever dry up. Tata Temyong retorted with fervor, such sudden mention of a wellspring, Agay Ayos, came as a surprise to us, and we all urged him to bring us to the water source, each of us intently hoping to plunge into the pool. While leading us to the wellspring, he recalled his grandfather's memory of a lagoon with a flock of herons and other varieties of birds sometimes being stalked by monitor lizards. What we saw was a knee-deep spring whose jade-green stillness mirrored the lowering clouds. There was no ever-flowing water. Hence, we ended up exchanging guesses as to what happened to the once-upon-a-time lagoon and waterfall. Maybe the water of Agayayos dwindled when the forest around it was destroyed by the road builders, if not the invaders. Maybe the woodland watershed was burnt by a fierce lightning. Maybe it was a legendary lagoon. Maybe not. But then Tata Temyong called our attention by pointing to a dried up ditch that for a long time had drained the spring water seaward in some untold past. He also pointed to the northern edges of the landscape, which was obviously a lower part of the terrain. He then recalled an ancestral memory that the lower sand and gravel depression used to be the old riverbed before the Abra River changed its course and thus eroding a zone into a desert-like terrain now known as Pinagpanawan Santa, translated into English as the abandoned saint. Indeed, it was the former site of the town which was transferred in its entirety to a higher ground after the rampaging waters from the Abra River and the surging sea waves drastically altered the lay of the land 
and the web of life. And so it has come down to us as a distinct landmark to remind us that human as well as non-human life and habitation are mostly comprised of constant adaptations to the cycle of environmental and climatic pressures, sometimes very slow in coming and almost imperceptible, but sometimes severely and instantly catastrophic. Beyond a doubt, from the Agayayos lookout, it can now be observed among the adjacent towns that the sea has been creeping inland ever since some foreign mining companies have been taking away from the beaches the black sand or magnetite that keeps steadily in place the surf and sand amid the inevitable tidal surges and wind blasts. Through the years, I still recall the last evening of our camp out as our bonfire flickered out a few sudden flares falling down from the vast dark sky became more stark. We then had an instant contest on who would count the most falling stars, as the popular songs called them in that era. We were too young to distinguish between meteorites from asteroids or a tail end of a comet. We scarcely knew of the scientist accounts of the extinction of dinosaurs and other behemoths or the series of ice ages that girdled almost the whole planet with frost and glaciers, accounts of which now we are old enough to reckon as causing some life forms to vanish from the biosphere and others to evolve from primeval precursors. Thanks for listening to Agam the Climate Podcast, a podcast about climate change without jargon. Continue the conversation with us next episode. We are a part of the AGAM Agenda out of the Institute for Climate and Sustainable Cities based in the Philippines. You can hear past episodes and engage online with us on Facebook, Twitter, and agam.ph. That's A-G-A-M dot P-H. Special thanks to Ground Bravo Studios, Far Eastern University, and you, our listeners, for your support.